Guess what? There is something super easy, free and simple you can start doing today that will cut your risk of heart disease by 20%. Really? What is it? It is take the stairs instead of the elevator. Hmm. It's especially helpful with the kind of heart disease where you get this sticky plaque that builds up inside your arteries. And um, I like the stairs for stress relief. Yeah. Like if you're ever like, just like, oh man, I got to solve this. I got to figure this out. If you just go like walk down and back up the stairs in your building where you work, it's big help. Depending on what floor you're on. Yeah. (laughs) You get back all sweaty. Take take the stairs. (laughs) I'm on the 37th floor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Here at the radio station, we're on the seventh floor. You can tell I don't talk. different. I don't talk Manhattan. Yeah. I, I take the stairs every day. Every day I take the stairs. Down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it has the same effect on your heart, but it's but a quick I can, escape. I had to tell everybody, oh yeah, I take stairs every day. Are you kidding me? Would you say there's no way that you're a helicopter parent? Coming up, guess again, mom and dad. Don't think you're a helicopter parent? Well, maybe it's time to think again, mom and dad. A new poll reveals that parents with kids between the ages of 5 and 11 may be hovering over their kids a little more than expected. Hmm. Parents generally understand that their child needs to develop independence, and they're having trouble putting action into that belief. Kids are getting far too few opportunities to make their own choices and their own mistakes, They say less than 30% of moms and dads, for example, let their kids decide how to spend their birthday money, order food for themselves at a restaurant, and more. And very few parents let their children take on tasks without their guidance. Only 33% of moms and dads let their kids walk or bike to a friend's house. And the big reason for all of this, they don't feel like their kids are ready to Hmm. make those decisions on their own. Well, yeah, I mean... Walk to a friend's house. That's got to be what, like 19 or 20 years old before you let them do that? <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about that. Do you, do you think you have no judgment, but do you have helicopter parent tendencies? Would love to hear from you. We're talking about helicopter parenting and uh, there's no judgment here, but do you think you have helicopter parenting tendencies? Would love to hear from you. Um, my wife was not a helicopter parent. She was a different kind of parent. And I think I've invented a new term. I'll share it with you next. So, Krista, welcome to Kevin and Taylor's Helicopter Mom Confessional. Uh, Are you, in fact, a helicopter mom? I don't think I am. I want my kids to speak for themselves. I have a 5-year-old, 4-year-old, and a 2-year-old. And especially when we we go out to eat, I want them to order for themselves. Nice. Um, As far as the safety issue of going somewhere in the neighborhood, that is what I'm a little more hesitant on because that is a big safety thing let me get the sound effect going helicopter mom (laughs) (laughs) that is a big safety issue but as far as speaking for themselves yeah that is what i definitely promote i have a friend who every time on the phone with her she'll go hold on hold on hold on a minute and she has to watch her daughter walk to the neighbor's house she has to go stand out on the front porch and watch how old how old is that daughter uh she just turned 10, I think. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, we never did anything like that with our kids. And I'm wondering with the whole ordering and speaking up for themselves, uh, how do you make that happen? Because we had a we had a system we used for our kids, but I'm curious what you did. Um, well, I usually, I try to ask my middle child first because he always wants to do what my oldest wants. Hmm. Um, so I want him to tell me what he wants and I give him the options and he's like, I want this. 
And I'm like, you're going to tell the waiter when they come back that this is what you want, right? And he's like, yes. And he is my more vocal child. Um, and then I ask my oldest, and he's more timid when the waitress comes. You know, so trying to promote him to speak loud enough and have him to where his voice is heard is the hard part. Gotcha. I, I have an idea for you. This worked like a charm for us. We would pretend at home like we were out at a restaurant. So they would know you put your napkin on your lap. And when the waiter comes around, you you greet them and then you tell them what you want. You say please and thank you. But we did all of that at home. And then when we went to the restaurant, it wasn't all new to them. They knew exactly what to do. What a great idea. All right, well, hey, thanks for calling. You sound like a great mom. Thank you. I all enjoy right. listening to y'all show. Oh, oh thanks. thanks. So Bye-bye. So we're talking about helicopter parenting, and we all know what that is, right? Where uh, moms hover and kind of make sure everything's okay with the kids, no matter what situation they're in, that they're safe and protected and everything else. Uh, my wife was not a helicopter mom. Uh, I like to call, I just made this up, and maybe this is you too. See if you don't see yourself. She was a park ranger mom. You ever go to a park and they got the park ranger station? It's like, looks like they got to climb a ladder for a week and a half to get to the top, and they're just kind of looking out over acres and acres and acres of forest, right? It's a big, huge area that they're, that, that would be Tracy. She gave them a lot of room to run, but was always within earshot or right around the corner. That's so like cool. our neighborhood, they have friends all around the neighborhood. Uh, and it was our, in our community, uh, our cul-de-sac, there was like two cul-de-sacs off of our main street. It's where all the kids were constantly. Mm-hmm. They were all always out there. And you could pretty much guarantee there was a mom watching from a window or sitting on the porch or nearby. We just nev- never really worried in our community because we... We never gave in to like the media fear of it could happen here. It's not to say you shouldn't be safe and shouldn't Mm -hmm. take care of your kids and everything. But we just tried to give them what we thought was a normal childhood. They they knew mom and dad are right back there. But we've got this, uh, you know, we've got a pretty long, we've got a pretty big fenced in area that we can play in here. I'm using fence as a metaphor, by the way, the neighborhood or whatever. It's funny when you um, become adults, your parents are still your parents, right? They still treat you like you're you're a child. And I can see the different parenting styles between my husband's mom and my mom. Hmm. For example, growing up, my mom was so not a helicopter parent that she always had this phrase that no news was good news. Hmm. So like we she didn't like worry about are you back from your trip yet or whatever. So. We got to the airport when we got back from a recent trip and Glenn texted his sister and his mom and dad like, hey, just so you know, we're in the airport getting our luggage right now. And they were like texting back like, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Like they were just so glad we're home safe. And my mom, I <laughs> she wasn't worried at all. It was huh. just like, I was like, hey, mom, I'm back. She's like, oh, that's good. <laughs> You know, like it just she just did not worry about us five right. girls. At least at all. she didn't say you went on a trip. <laughs> I did tell her I was yeah I was going somewhere. <laughs> so this is kind of funny. There's a very famous actress who talks about getting a residual tra- check from a movie that she was in way back at the start of her career. Hmm. So you may have heard a few years ago, Taylor and I had a really really small part in the movie about uh, Jeremy Camp, you know, artist you hear on the radio station it's called I Still Believe. Yeah, about his life, and uh, and we still both get. Che- checks for streaming like when it streams <laughs> all the people who are actors or actresses in the movie get a check um usually it's for a few dollars well kate hudson still gets a check every now and then for home alone 2 
She was not like a I starring she role. She was in it. Yeah, she was in the in the in one of the opening scenes. Uh, Macaulay Culkin's character Kevin like ruins a Christmas pageant. She's in the choir in the Christmas pageant. She's like you know like no way. Not even she's like, still getting like dollar when checks. when they roll credits. She's not even listed. I don't That's think. Hilarious. But she says she literally got a check for ten cents. Love it. <laughs> So, Kev, it's always so cool when people reach out to us through social media and respond to something uh, that we talked about on the show. And there are several responses I just I just found to something you shared. I'll tell you about it next. So we love when you call the show or respond through social media. And, Kev, I just got into our little texting service. Mm-hmm. And a couple of people reached out because they heard you talking about how uh, it was 27 years ago that God healed you from alcoholism mm. and you've been sober since and you've never had a sip since. Wow. And this guy named John reached out. He said, I always love Kevin's message about his journey in sobriety. I called last year about celebrating my one year anniversary and I will get to celebrate two years next Thursday. Nice. There's so much Congrats, peace. And, yeah. He said, there's so much peace and serenity when all of your faith is in God And John also said, shout out to my brothers in my Celebrate Recovery group in Jefferson. So Mm. congratulations, John, on two years sober, and we're so proud of you. And uh, then there was uh, another response, someone else who reached out, and they said, right there with you, Kev, 22 years sober, and my friends and family don't mention it anymore, Mm. but I'm thankful every day In all caps, yes, it was all God, glory to him. And he said, same thing with smoking. Mm, So congratulations. That is really cool. And it is kind of remarkable when people don't even remark on it anymore. It's like just so normal that it's a, and I guess that's an accomplishment in, in, in and of itself. So keep going, buddy. All right. So you know how I was saying the other day, like it's the dollarish store. It's not the dollar store anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somebody else is jumping on the cheap bandwagon. I'll tell you what's going on in just a minute. So the other day, I went and got some balloons and party decorations for my niece Ava's birthday, and I called it the dollarish store because I couldn't believe it when they started ringing everything up. It was like a dollar twenty-five, a dollar fifty. Hardly anything's a buck. Yeah. Anymore, right. Well, someone who's jumping on that is Tarjay. They just created their cheapest in-store brand, and it's called Deal Worthy. Hmm. And they're going to have everything from dog shampoo to toilet paper to dental floss. Mm -hmm. And it's all going to be a lot of things will just be a dollar. And they figured, hey, if we can cut into the the revenue of some of the dollar-ish stores, we'll take it for our company, please. I got a good dollar store story of something I bought there one time. I was like, oh, sweet. I I bought like 15 of this thing thinking it was a bargain. They had dollar ribeyes. Yes, you can buy food. No way. Ribeyes at the dollar store? Yeah, I was like, dollar ribeyes? I'm in. I went in and... Each ribeye was like a steakum. <laughs> it was really, no. really thin. I was like, that's okay. That's all right. So they took a ribeye and cut it like really. If I buy like 10 or 15 of these, that, that'll be, this will be like the best steakums ever. I came home and Tracy was like, I'm not eating those. <laughs> I don't trust dollar store ribeyes. That's so funny. I did. I ate them. Did you like them? <laughs> oh, yeah. They were great. I'm so glad to be alive in 2024 because up until this year, I didn't know this was a thing. Pancake tacos. You make a pancake, you slather it with Nutella, and and then you fold it over like a taco. You fill it with whatever like kind of berries or berries or banana, strawberries, then you top it with Cool Whip. 
and enjoy a pancake taco. Did Doesn't someone, that sound awesome? Did someone just reinvent the French crepe? It's been <laughs> no, done for pancakes. centuries. These are pancakes. <laughs> and that would kind of be like a French burrito if you just wanted to rename it, right? <laughs> Cav, this is the coolest thing. One of our coworkers is now semi-retired. Mm-hmm. And something she's gotten into with her free time was cracking me up when she told me about it yesterday. I'll tell you what's going on in just a minute. So Kevin and I have a, a coworker who recently kind of like semi-retired. She's mm-hmm. still working a little bit, but she is like footloose and fancy free for the first time in her whole life. Mm-hmm. And she joined the YMCA and she's been taking every class you can possibly take. She was telling me she's taken water aerobics and Pilates and Zumba and she's taking all these dance classes. Right. And she is dying because women in there that are way older than her yeah. are putting her to shame. Like <laughs> She cannot keep up with them. And she's like, am I going to become like this in my, all my free time? And am I, am I going to get this fit? Well, yeah. But there was one class she goes, I will never put myself through that again. It was exhausting. <laughs> she's transitioning from cubicle land <laughs> to, to YMCA Zuma land. land. Yeah, land. <laughs> Hey, do you know somebody who was able to take something they love, one of their passions, and turn it into a career? Hmm. We're going to talk about that next. So do you know anyone who took a passion for something they love and turned it into their career? I always think of you, Kev, and your love for music. I thought of my son and his love for music. A drummer, yeah. You love music, got into radio. Well, someone, Kev, we both know just took a passion of hers and turned it into her career. And mm. it's our formal, former co-worker, Kimberly. She has fallen in love with pickleball. She <laughs> loves pickleball. She even broke her wrist playing pickleball. Playing pickleball went and to she physical still therapy. got back in there and is playing pickleball. Got back in there. Well, she just announced she is now the operations manager at a pickleball club. <laughs> She's turned her love for pickleball into her career. So go, Kimberly. That's awesome. Do you think your phone is listening to you? Do you think your phone listens? I, I think it is because I, I'll mention something bizarre. Like, I don't know. We don't have rabbits, but I'll mention rabbit food. And all of a sudden I've got rabbit food ads on my phone. No I'll probably way. get them now. Do you remember yesterday we both got to the radio station at the same time? And one of the elevators was closed. There's two here at the radio station. Mm-hmm. And they had a podium in front. And it was like, just a, that's all this thing's purpose was, was to hold a sign. That's it. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Somebody dedicated their life yes. to designing that podium. Isn't that weird? I somebody, do remember. Somebody had like, to sell that podium. This Could you guy can comment on That's every your subject. Your job is to go around <laughs> selling podiums? That is weird. I am getting ads now. I'm not kidding you. From the National Business Furniture Association for podiums. No way. Absolutely. Through social media? Yes. What what platform? Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's I'm getting so ads on creepy. all That's three of them. That's never happened to me ever in my life. Podiums. Okay, let's try this one. You just said it earlier. Rabbits, rabbits, rabbits. <laughs> rabbit cage, rabbit food, rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. And we'll see if we get ads yes. for rabbit food. You're going to get them now, too, by the way. <laughs> hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Do you have a pretty crazy way that you met your other half? You're going to love this redemption love story. Catherine was living in New York. She's like 22 and she's living with her sister and she's like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out. Just leave the door unlocked. I'll be home in just a little bit. And she comes in late at night and finds a guy sleeping on her couch. Turned out the wow. guy. Well, of course, she called the cops. She mm-hmm. freaked out, called the cops. Turned out this guy, Michael, had been drinking, 
tried to walk to a friend's place, walked into the wrong house, and passed out. He got arrested, but she eventually dropped the charges when she found out what had happened. That was, you know, an honest mistake. He showed up at her doorstep with flowers to apologize, ended up meeting her parents. They started talking, were friends for a year. Fast forward, they fell in love. They're married and they now have a baby girl. Oh, isn't that such a great redemption story? He turned his life around. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they still have that couch. <laughs> That's a great question. Call, what's his name? Mike? Michael. Name? Yeah. Michael and Catherine. Mike's couch. <laughs> Do you view yourself as pretty valuable to your company? Coming up, something that causes a lot of employees a ton of guilt. Do you view yourself as pretty valuable to your company or like... Yeah, if I left, they would really notice. Well, <laughs> That's a dangerous spot to live, my friend. <laughs> There's something that causes a lot of employees a ton of guilt when it comes to our employers. Okay. You want to guess what it is? Taking vacation. Oh, you're close. It's being out sick. Mm. Some people don't have any paid time off when they're ill, but even employees with allotted sick days mm-hmm. hate using them. Nearly 65% of workers say they experience stress, anxiety, guilt, or fear when they request sick time from their employer. Uh, One in four workers say they have been either pressured or explicitly asked to work when they're sick. No kidding. Can you come in anyway? <laughs> yeah. Just, just you know, isolate yourself. You suck just stay, it up, Buttercup. Just, just stay away from everybody. You'll, you'll be fine, right? Yeah. Walk it off. <laughs> I know. I feel immense guilt about being sick. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Big time. Because well, we have a unique situation where if one of us is down, mm-hmm. it changes the whole dynamic of everything. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how you feel, but if you, if you're not in, like if I work when you're on vacation or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The whole the whole tone feels different. Right. It's a weird show, and, and I, I can't imagine what it's like for you. When, when a big presence like mine isn't there, it's 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 felt. It's felt. <laughs> I always I always tell Griff, I'm like, I'm not used to talking this much. I'm exhausted. I'll have, I'll, I'll, I'll admit this that that the little I always call it a little more elbow room. Having a little more elbow room is nice for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you want me to just skip out early every day? No, then? no, 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 no. I mean, no, no. I mean about an hour. Like if you're gone for like a week, oh. it's nice for about one hour out okay. of the entire week. Aww. And then you realize, wow, this is all on me. <laughs> Are you saying you appreciate me when I'm gone? Yeah. This is a big moment. Why is that a big moment? You know what we should that do? That shouldn't be a big moment. You should know that. You know what we should do? We should swap stories of how bad we are at taking sick days. And I'll start. I'll go first. I have a really good example okay. of how I am. T- I have the worst guilt when it All comes right. to taking a sick day. All right. And we'd love to hear from you, too. Do you have a good I should have taken a sick day story? So I'm not sure if it's ego or a sense of responsibility, but uh, we all feel like if I call in sick, boy, work is just going to shut down. <laughs> so we'd love to hear your story. Of a time that you you probably should have called in sick. We're talking about times you should have called in sick. We just hung up with a lady. She got an offense. Someone rear-ended her, and she hit her head, uh, and went and she went into work anyway. Then went to the doctor and found out she had a mild concussion. <laughs> so, Not good. Who, should she be held responsible for anything she did wrong at work that day? We asked Paige. We're like, so she goes, I did. I took my kids to daycare, and then I went to work. And and Kev goes, did you have any weird behavior? And she goes. It's hard to tell when you have two young kids. (laughs) I have a story. What we're talking about, by the way, is like, according to a new survey, like 65% of us feel super anxious and stressed and guilty 
for taking a sick day. And that is so me. And I have the best example. Kevin and I did this big event and we met at least 500 women and shook every hand. And I must have picked up a bug because the next morning I'm getting ready for work. I hadn't uh, gotten stomach bug issues, if you know what I mean, in like 20 years. So, like I had been fine. And so all of a sudden, you knew I'm, what it was I'm right like away. running like, around. I'm typing at the computer. I'm getting stuff ready for the show. I'm ready. I'm and I'm like, I don't I don't feel so Something good. don't feel good. <laughs> and so all of a sudden I had to jump up from the computer where I was working on the show and run to the bathroom and even though it was our little half bath, I guess the the violence of it woke up my husband. He's like, "Are you okay?" And I go, "No, I I I just got sick, but I think I'm better now. And so I went back to the computer and I finished working on the show and I got everything printed out and I was rushing to get in the car. And my husband convinced me, he goes, you need to at least take a bucket with you. Mm -hmm. And so he hands me a bucket. I put it in the passenger seat beside me and I'm racing to get to work on time. And I call Kevin and I go, hey, I need your help deciding something. Well, I threw up once, but I feel a little bit better now. And I've got everything we need for the show with me in the car and da da da. And he goes... Taylor, let's make it a rule that if you wake up and you vomit, you do not come in. I, think, I was like, are you, are you sure? Because, I, I mean, I, that leaves you high and dry. I think the exact words were like, if you need to have a bucket in the car, yeah. you don't go to work. And my husband was petrified. He goes, you know you can't throw up while you're driving. You're going to have to pull over first. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I got home and I start like getting out of my work clothes, putting my PJs back on. And I said to my husband, like, I I just don't feel well. Kevin told me to go home. So I'm, and then I went, hold on. Let's <laughs> run to the bathroom again. So it was a good decision. All right. Do you have a story like that where there's a time that in retrospect, you, you should have called in sick. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about calling in sick. We just hung up with a teacher uh, and she did not want to miss a day because she put all this planning into the day and the kids need to learn, you know, by example, when it's taught, when it's math, that they don't have textbooks anymore and she's got to be there to coach them. And, uh, she was really sick and took some took some type of over the counter meds Believe. and had a bad reaction to it and uh, yeah the kids thought she was having a hallucinogenic experience with some of the things she was saying but she finished the day so uh, I, I used to be like that be like like you know no matter what I'm going in and I'm sure you guys if you've been listening to the show for a long time you've probably heard. I don't know if you've ever lost your voice, but it's almost like a Christmas tradition. Every year at Christmas, I lose my voice. I lost my voice for three days, so much so I was panicking and calling like Ian. Was it ear, nose, and ENTs? Yeah, to see what was up. Because I thought, what if this keeps going? So um, losing my voice is like an annual tradition around Christmas time. And I used to be like, no, I got to go in. The show, the show can't go on without me. The radio station will fall apart without me. And that's just, I totally recognize now. I think it just takes some... I don't know, wisdom and maturity go, okay, that that's your ego. That is that is absolutely not a rational mind talking because the bigger issue is if I come in sneezing and wheezing and coughing, I'm going to get Taylor sick and mm -hmm. then there's no show and I'm going to get everybody else in the office sick. Mm -hmm. So I, I not only recognize I should stay home because you don't want to spread it to other people, but I get irritated when other people come in sick. Like, dude, what are you doing? You should be, the, trust me, radio stations go on without anyone, <laughs> anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. They keep on going. So it just took me, uh, I don't know, took me a long time to, to figure that out, to, to get the wisdom to go like, okay, just call in sick.